appetite. Stop talking right now. Before you go to bed. Stop talking right now. <laughs> I'm going to come over that table at you full force. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Story for Another Time podcast. Find us on Facebook, Story for Another Time podcast. And Story yes. for Another Time podcast at Gmail. If you got comments, we'd love to hear this from you. This is a great show. I love the show. I love the show. I love the show so much. This is kind of an interesting thing for me to kind of look at this week. And we were talking in religion class about hypocrites and hypocritical behavior. And I told the kids, don't be an Eddie Haskell, knowing that none of them would know who Eddie Haskell is. Yeah. I knew that. So I got to explain to them. Also showed them a little Leave it to Beaver clip of Eddie Haskell doing his thing so they could see kind of what description of Eddie Haskell meant. I called in a couple teachers while I was teaching my lesson to ask them about Eddie Haskell. One of them knew who he was without remembering the name of the show. The other one had no clue what I was even talking about as far as who Eddie Haskell was. Okay. And I was a little bit surprised with you being the media expert you are that you didn't know who Eddie Haskell was. I knew it was Leave it to Beaver. I didn't. You did? I actually had the show confused. I thought it was the Ron Howard show, which was Mayberry. What is it? Andy Griffith Andy show. Andy Griffith, right. But I knew it was the, those two shows I get. They're interchangeable for me. I get them all mixed up. I realize for you, they're vastly different. Yeah. Look, and maybe in, in 40 years, somebody's going to think Seinfeld and Friends were pretty close. You know what I mean? They might. Yeah. No, I, you're so right. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But I knew, it was, I knew it was Leave it to Beaver. It's just fascinating to me. The older I get, the less people know what I know. Not that it's good or bad. It's just interesting the divide between that. It's true. Fascinating to me. And I yeah. like to tease the goose about it a lot. But there he wouldn't know. Oh, he, there's no way he would know who Eddie Haskell is. No. So, yeah. No way. So I said, what you talking about, Willis, to somebody? And Goose and Pastor Greg were like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. So I had no clue what I was talking about. But at the same point in time, if I were to say to you, I need about Tree Fitty, you wouldn't get it. Um, does it have anything to do with Monk? No. I need Maybe. about Tree Fitty. Huh? <laughs> I need about Tree Fitty. <laughs> <laughs> no clue at all. What are we talking about? It's from South Park. I guarantee Goose knew that one. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I need about tree fitting. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. Look it up. It's All right. funny. All right. I will. It, yeah. No okay. clue on South Park. I mean, South Park's been around for a long time. How long? Since the 90s. Since the 90s. Yeah. I was of an age of awareness, but again, I was raising children at that time. Anyway, we had some things we needed. There is... There's a song, Grateful Dead slash Sublime. The line of the song is, every once in a while, you get shown the light in the strangest of places if you look at it right. Cause once in a while, you get shown in the light in the strangest of places if you look at it right. Sometimes, very dumb people say very wise things. Yes. A clock is right twice a day. One thing that I heard a drunk girl say in the line to the women's room in a bar has stuck with me for... 20 plus years. Okay. And I use it all the time. Really? Don't yuck my yum. I have no idea what that means. It's a thing that I really like. Is it something that if you got something good going, like don't steal my joy? Uh, yeah, a little okay. bit. Okay. Okay. A little bit. Now she was talking about that she likes, what was it, red wine or something? I, I don't know. She likes this drink and this one. I don't like that. Don't yuck my yum. Oh. You know, don't yuck my yum. So, yeah, don't steal my joy, this type of thing. And so, happens all, I say it all around the house. Because, mm -hmm. oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. 
Well, she does. He does. I do. They do. You do. Don't mm-hmm. yuck somebody else's yum. I wanted to bring that up today because I, even though it happened in the strangest of places, that phrase, don't yuck my yum, there's probably a better way to say it, but I like that way. I do like it. Um, has stuck with me because I think it's a good way to deal with other people, to deal with other Is people's it? differences. Yeah. You like it? Don't yuck my yum? Well, here's the deal. One way you could interpret this is I don't want to hear your opinion about something I like. You do not have the right to give me your opinion and offend me. That's That's not what I'm saying. That's the way you could interpret it, though. Don't yuck my yum. I say I like this. You say you don't. You're you're bothering me by saying that. No, okay. Maybe I should have said it. If you were to say Diet Dr. Pepper, that's disgusting. Anybody that likes Diet Dr. Pepper is gross. You just said the key. Don't yuck my yum. Yeah. I think it's okay to say, I think Dr. Pepper is diet, whatever it is you use. Diet Dr. Pepper is disgusting. Okay. That's fine. But when you say anybody who likes it is. Right. Then that's a personal attack based on their preference. Well, that's where don't yuck my yum. I'm going to dial that back and say, even if if I'm over here saying "Ah, my favorite's Diet Dr. Pepper and you say, ah, that's disgusting. Yeah. No, don't yuck my yum. Okay. I still think you're on the wrong. Even without the personal attack, I still think you're on the wrong. Because the polite way of saying, well, yeah, it's not my favorite. I'm not asking you to, to buy stock in Diet Dr. Pepper. I'm not asking you to drink Diet Dr. Pepper. I'm just saying it's my favorite. Here's the deal. Don't yuck my yum. Here's the deal. Ever since my favorite episode of our podcast came out, I've been talking about it Damn quite well. a bit. And every time I talk about it, several people, including you, kind of wrinkle up your noses and make these ghastly faces about my beloved ham loaf, <laughs> aka meat candy. That's okay. You want to roll up your, you want to wrinkle your nose, roll your eyes, make your whatever faces you make. Mm-hmm. Doesn't bother me. Go ahead. You're not yucking my yum. That's your opinion. I could care less. But if you say you eat that ham loaf, you're an idiot. And I'm like, hey, you know, don't yuck my yum. But Oh, that sounds disgusting. I've, I had one person make gagging reflex noises when I talked about ham loaf. Okay, that's fine. That's see. That's that's. You're not commenting on me. That's yucking my yum. No, you just don't like the sound of ham loaf. That's cool, man. I respect that. I we would, all got our own jam. I would. Try. Hey, Allison, how are you? Hey, come in here. Have you ever had ham loaf? My mom made it a couple times. Really? What are your thoughts on it? I'm I'm not a huge fan of loafs, meat loafs in general. That's where I'm gonna leave it. Now, if you were to first of all. Allison is like the sweetest person on the planet, and she also but she still made a face when I mentioned ham loaf. If you were to <laughs> describe it, is it closer to delicious or disgusting? See, it's a texture thing. The be honest. No, struggle. just be honest. He asked you a range. It would be on the disgusting side oh, of the spectrum. Thank you, Allison. Thank we you. appreciate that. Because and see, she proved my point. Would you? Oh, what's your point? Then I'll tell you my point. <laughs> she didn't yuck your yum until I encouraged. And even when I did, because she was like, well, it's not my favorite, I believe was your quote. So she had to be egged on. Yeah. It's a manners thing. It's a manners thing. So don't yuck my yum is you're like, that's eh, not my favorite. Well, that's a polite way okay, of saying it. But if you're okay. like, that's disgusting. All right. You heathen. Okay. 
Now we're on a whole different flavor. Allison, thank you. Joe, you know what? You might have unknowingly convinced me about that. Okay. And, I will, and I'll give you a story to back this up after right. I tell you. Okay. If we're having a discussion about something and you say, ah, oh, that sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. If I have you to my house and have you in, Joe, would you please come celebrate Easter with my family? Because we love you. Love your family. We want you in. Yeah. Come over for Easter, sit down at the table, and I unveil the ham loaf. You're like, oh, that is disgusting. Okay, you have yucked my yum. Because that is very disrespectful right there. Because you have, in a sense, attacked mm-hmm. that person who has brought and made this meal for you, right? I actually witnessed this happen once, and I'm not going to say anything about it, who. But we were invited, my wife and I, years ago, we were invited over to someone's house for a dinner, uh-huh. and they made this wonderful meal of cashew chicken for us. Ooh. I love. Yeah, it's good. Well, you know what? I didn't even know I liked cashew chicken until that meal. Ah, okay. It's the first time I ever had it. And I was not like Chinese food. Who would eat that? No way. I'm not a fan. But we went to their house, and they brought it out, and I'm thinking, well, okay, I'm going to be polite, try this stuff ate it and loved it mm-hmm. someone else came who hated chinese food so they brought mcdonald's to eat instead that's incredibly rude oh my gosh i couldn't believe it i was so embarrassed i felt so bad for the hosts but they took it in stride they were very congenial yeah um but i thought oh my gosh that is just straight up rude <laughs> that is very rude that is yucking your yum that is very rude this is a great discussion it, I didn't expect it to be such a I such a, a hot button, but yuck in my yum. Are very fortunate to get these deep philosophical thoughts. Is this something we could get a Nobel Prize for, buddy? I got a stack of them Make, in the house, making the world a better place. We we won for episode one, episode two, episode three. We, did? we, we were runner up for episode three. Really? Why didn't episode Why didn't f- I know any of this? And isn't there a monetary award with? Yeah, but you're just close. <laughs> Don't get my yum. I wish the real world would just stop hassling me. Do you know I have my uh, hands in a lot of fires? Sticks in a lot of fire. How's that saying? Irons in a lot of fires. Irons in a lot of fires. I got my hands in a lot of pies. What is yeah. That? Is that, that the one? Yeah, that one. I don't want my pies and hands in my pie anyway. No, that's disgusting. That's just, that would yuck don't my Don't yuck yum. my yum. <laughs> <laughs> I like having hand pies. I got I my chefs in a, in a kitchen, a lot of chefs in my kitchen. Yeah, yeah, there a lot of things happening. So I'm trying to do the focusing technique of the Pomodoro technique. Okay. So. I would like to learn that because I really do need to pick up on some of those habits too. Are you familiar with it? No. Uh, No, but I need to. It sounds like something I need to learn. And really, that's all it is, is helping you focus and harness your energy and efforts. Because a lot of times we get pulled one direction, this direction, this direction. And it's hard to say, I'm going to sit down for four hours and write this paper, read this book, whatever. Right. But you could probably do 25 minutes, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the idea is you carve yourself out 30 minutes, 30 minutes seconds. okay. Yeah. So you remove all distractions Mm -hmm. and you focus intently on whatever the task is for 25 minutes. At 25 minutes, you take five minutes off. Whatever it may be, you go outside, you relax, you answer your emails, whatever it may be. And then at the end of that five minutes, Mm -hmm. you return to another session of this. Okay. And so 
you focus intently 25 minutes and then after four of these sessions you take a longer break Mm -hmm. of a half hour Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be it has helped me get a lot accomplished because instead of jumping from one thing to the next thing and everybody's oh hey joe can you oh hey can you do that 20 minutes or I'll turn my phone notifications off and I'll check it in 25 minutes because nothing's going to blow up in 25 minutes. So I'll check it in, in 25 minutes and knowing that I'm giving myself permission to focus on this because 25 minutes, no big deal. So in 20, 20 minutes, I'll get to that. I can focus on this. It's really great. It's just interesting that this concept that I invented you invent. now has a name and somebody's making a lot of money off of peddling this to people who could have just come to me and learned it for free you invented this technique i'm pretty sure i did joe do tell sir do tell <laughs> i'm gonna start calling it the jacob technique no this is just a common practice that i have been telling parents about for years it's the pomodoro technique. when it comes to helping their kids study i don't know if i made it up myself or learned it somewhere or what but that's what i tell parents all the time i've been telling them that for at least 15 years to have them study intently for 25 minutes and take five yeah minutes they off. say oh my kid spends two hours on homework mm-hmm. like how can any kid be expected to sit there intently for two hours of course they're going to get distracted and lose focus and get mm-hmm. bored said so do this just have them study for 10 minutes because it's a kid we're talking about. Yeah. Stay for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, take a five-minute break. You focus for that 15 minutes, then for five, 10 minutes after that, do whatever you want, then come back and do it again. I've been giving that advice for years. I didn't know I had a fancy name. It does. Pomodoro technique. Wow, I wish I would have known that, or I would have I would have come up with some term for it and written a book. Well, it also- Call it the, uh, I don't know what I could call it, the squirrelessness study method. Squirrelessness. Yeah, it gets, it gets squirrely. Squirrelessness studying. <gasps> yes, I should have done that. You should have, but you missed it. I missed well, it. Well, what about the, its partner, the Zegernick effect? Zegernick. Zegernick effect. Okay. The Zegernick effect is a fascinating uh, idea, and this is because you were talking more about memory, and I was when talking. When was about, I talking about memory? I don't remember. <laughs> you're studying your Pomodoro effect. Oh, well, it wasn't about memory. It's just about getting homework done, whatever. Well, if you're studying, you're you're saying you're more able to remember it if you take it in small bursts. Or doing homework where you can just focus for 15 right. minutes or whatever, get a certain amount done, take a break, go back refreshed. Yeah, whatever you, whatever requires an extended amount of time, do it in chunks. Yes. I, I think that really the, the moral of the story is people have to poke around and figure out what works for them. Because, like I said, the Pomodoro technique is where you put all your distractions and, you know, everything aside, you focus intently for 25 minutes or whatever time period you choose, Mm -hmm. as long as you do it in regular intervals. Right. But the flip side of that is called the Zegernick effect. It's named after a Lithuanian Soviet psychologist where they say an activity that's been interrupted may be more readily recalled because according to this theory, now this is, this is off of this, um, this actually goes into media theory, uh, open loops. Have you heard of this oh i've heard of open loops yeah yeah so your your brain opens loops and open you loops want the to bane close of my loops. existence that's why i can't sleep at night i have too many open loops right well yeah. and you remember them because your brain keeps reminding that you of them where if you were to start closing those loops you would remember what happened and when you were what was happening when you were closing those loops right maybe we're getting too deep in the woods here open loops are not a good thing no, you can. You need to close the loops. Yeah, but yeah, you need to resolve them. When you okay, an open loop 
uh, let's start here. So when you start a task, or in my case, whereas I look at it, when we start a story arc, we want people to hold their attention for as long as possible until I close that story arc. So I say, I'm going to tell you this story about Swiss cheese. We actually have story arcs in what we do. Yes. (laughs) But first, let me tell you about cheddar cheese. Yeah. So I've opened the Swiss cheese story arc. Yeah. And then I'm telling you about cheddar cheese. Yeah. And if you're really talented, then I can answer, the, back close the, the Swiss, Swiss cheese, cheese and keep the cheddar cheese open and this type of thing. This mm-hmm. is how a lot of motivational speakers do it because they keep moving you through yeah. in and out of the time. Okay. Right. So the theory of the Ziegernick effect is that moment when I interrupted your thought process with the about cheddar Swiss cheese, cheese story. Yes in the Swiss cheese to tell you about cheddar cheese, you're more likely to remember the Swiss cheese interruption, what was happening around the Swiss cheese. I see where you're getting, but I also feel like when you have too many open loops, you tend to forget some of them mm-hmm. and they come back and bite you at inopportune times. Right. That's why it's important to get loops closed. I understand starting a story, going down a different path, and then coming back to that story to keep people kind of in suspense and waiting. But like in my job, there is so much going on. I've got dozens of open loops running around in my head a day. And the key for me is learning how to get some sort of management over those open loops so I don't forget about them and I have a better chance of resolving them. Well, you're, you were supposed to according to these things that I'm reading and learning, you're supposed to write them down and prioritize them. Stop talking right now. Before you go to bed. Stop talking right now. (laughs) I'm going to come over that table at you full force. If you write them down. Stop it. And prioritize them. Oh, my gosh. Before you You go to bed. You just ruined my life, Joe. Then. We can't air this. You know why? Because... Kim tells you this. We'll be listening to it in the car, and she'll go, see? Well, this is, this is see? the way to temporarily close the loops. So uh, you write them down before you go to bed, the things they need to do, and then you prioritize you them. Made my life so, so much harder. you know when I wake up in the morning, my biggest task that I need to close tomorrow is X, is Y, is Z. And then you do the I same thing. Home. Week by week, day by day, <laughs> and it'll help you get better sleep. This is exactly what Kim tells me all the time. Well, Kim's right. She's a very wise woman. And probably because I am ODD, and I will admit it, I'm like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Let me deal with it in my own way. Just by you telling me what to do, you're adding one more thing I feel responsible for doing. <laughs> oh, one gosh. more story before we close out. I, uh, yeah. I love you, Kim. You are a wise person. Once upon a time. Yes. I followed a Twitter account called Drink More Water. The whole point of the Twitter account of Drink More Water is they periodically tweet, and if you follow it, it pops up a notification on your phone to drink more water. I got to the point where it would pop up, drink more water. Don't tell me what to do. And this was my visceral reaction. The <laughs> notification would go off on my phone. You got a tweet to drink water. And I said, don't, yeah, don't tell me what to do, phone, even though I specifically followed this account to do this exact task. I, but you know what? I'm, 
I may have wanted to drink of water. Now I'm not. <laughs> that is oppositional defiance <laughs> disorder right there. I was going to, but because you told me to, I ain't doing it. <laughs> so what I realized through this experiment that I had to unfollow on Twitter is that I was actually drinking less water. Tell me how to live my life. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Just because of that, I'm drinking soda. <laughs> That is awesome. Phone doing exactly what I asked oh it to do. Oh, my gosh. Yep. <sighs> All Wonderful. right. <laughs> uh, next week, we have great stories from Washington, D.C. You have to tell us all about it. Yes, I will. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. We'll Happy talk to, to you do it. next time. Bye, everybody. I was born to walk through the fire. I was made to run through these flames Yeah, even when I'm broken and tired You are enough